This is Leva Bates, AEW's librarian, co-host of the Geek Soapbox, renowned Twitch partner, and a two-time Flower City Comic Con guest. And you are listening to Gaming Street Irregulars. But you better listen to my show first. I'm just saying. Thanks. Morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time of day it is. Welcome yet again to Gaming Studio Regulars. My name is James Iris, joined by the hostess with the mostest, Chrissy Harding. Hi, everyone. And today we have a special guest in the digital recording booth, probably someone you've heard in a number of independent games and a few animations here and there, too. Please welcome Miranda Galvin. Hi. <laughs> Lovely I, to I, be here. I am the cheering squad. So in case you're wondering, so Miranda here um, is actually one of my dearest and oldest friends, and she has quite an array of animation and video games that she has been in, and I am going to try to attempt to go through all of them without messing up. So we're going to start with animation where she did Juden Chang Recharge as Rinko, Holy Knight as Camellia, Wonders of the Universe as Nova Jones, Tome and as- And Lindsay Starshine. And Lindsay Starshine, that's right. I thought that was like part of the title of the studio. I apologize. Uh, Tome as additional voices, Safe House as the police operator. For video games starting, I think, is the list from most recent to older on your resume? Oh, on my resume, yes. Okay. So recently she was in Strangeland, Heartthorn, T for Two, A Detective Logan's Mystery, Myth Seekers 2, The Sunken City, Lamplight City, which is one of my favorite games that she turned me on to, Unavowed is another good one, uh, Morphite, Delunda Airlines, The Journey Down Under Chapter 3, uh, Dreamfall Chapters, Shard Light, Hoonicam Studios, Techno Babylon, Apotheon, Adventures of Erevon, The Season of the Wolf. I have to play that one just because it has a wolf in the title. A Golden <laughs> Wake. Fear for Sale, The Thirteen Keys, The Blackwell Epiphany, The Amethian Journey, The Living Mountain, Conspiracy, Myths of the World, Stolen Spring, Living Legend, Frozen Beauty, Lucky Tower 2, Fear for Sale, Nightmare Cinema, Primordia, Death, The Elysian Tale, which was like a huge one when I told people we had you on here. <laughs> Resonance, The Journey Down Under Chapter 1, The Blackwell Deception, Ace Pilot, Infinity Drifter, Reincarnation, TFHH, Internally Us, and The Hero. That sounds like just about everything, yeah. <laughs> other, than, other than your learning application ones, which is if uh, Math Mission, Peril at the Pyramid, where you played uh, Attention Delta. You were also in Math Mission, Sabotage at the Space Station. Tim the Fox, New York and the Nation, and various commercials. Yeah. And a partridge in a pear tree. Pretty much. Five gold Golden rings. rings. And for a local connection, she also spent four years doing classical voice training at the Eastman School of Music. Indeed. Good luck, Rosh Yeah. She also was in various plays in the early 2000s around here, including, what was it? Um, oh, um, not Pride and Prejudice. 
Oh, Great Expectations. Great Expectations. Miranda has also been part of the improv scene. She did help try to start a sketch comedy group called the Russian Medicine Traveling Show. With Chris Something Harrington. like that. <laughs> yeah, with, with Chris Harrington, which if you are an AEW fan, he is one of the vice presidents of AEW. That was one of her good friends, Mookie. Miranda mm-hmm. and I met at Spot Coffee. And it has been a a good friendship ever since. Miranda has inspired me to continue my writing on many occasions. And we, she's just one of my absolute most favorite people in the world. And we're going to dive into the interview with Miranda Govin right after this short break. So we're going to start all the way at the beginning, because according to your resume, you've been on a stage actress since you were nine years old. You are a veteran's veteran. Do you remember <laughs> what that first role was like? Um, I do. I was the Dormouse in a production of Alice's Adventures Underground. Oh, oh, and... how cute. <laughs> yes. And uh, that was before I became the shy uh retiring person i am now so i had a lot of fun and that was in farmington maine which is actually where you're from it is it is also where earmuffs were invented Ooh. tell us more about that because that's kind of fun <laughs> <laughs> uh, every year there's a parade the first uh saturday of december and everything wears earmuffs including animals and vehicles that is so cutely small um, town America. I just love it. <laughs> Wait, Absolutely. vehicles with earmuffs. Vehicles yep. with earmuffs. Got the police car, the fire truck, the school bus, a jeep, anything you can think of that's going to be in the parade. Has oh, an earmuff. I've got to search out pictures of this now. There you go. That's all, that's right up there with the uh, shampooed and blow-dried uh, cows that I sent to Anne. Oh, oh, I just saw those. They're very fluffy. They are extremely fluffy. I kind of want to pet one. So, and you were actually also doing productions with your brother Nick too. Yeah, we are about two years apart, so we uh, had some overlap as far as productions we were involved in. And eventually, uh, my parents got into the act and kept on doing it once we went off to school. So that was that was fun. Little legacy. That's really cool. So. You came to school to Rochester, and what were you originally stud- studying here at um, in our lovely town of Rochester? I came to study biology, which is what I ended up getting my degree in, but um, I also got minors in music and theater, and that was kind of what I uh, really liked. <laughs> Even from a young age, I didn't think that acting could be a full-time thing. I... My what I wanted to be when I grew up was either a dentist or a chef during the day and then an actor and a singer at night. So it was always a split interest situation. And do you still sing now? Because I remember you used to sing back when we were friends and you just always had such a beautiful voice. Well, thank you. Um, Not as much. I am in New York City now and the walls are pretty thin. So I I am very... uh, precise about when I decide to sing usually in karaoke now but Mm. not now because of COVID but 
You know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. So what attracted you to voice acting? Uh, honestly, what really got me started to look at it, um, you know, on and off people would be like, oh, you've got a nice voice, which, you know, is not, you need more than that. But right. I looked into it on and off. But when I went to graduate school in New Orleans, I always had classes on Thursday night, which meant I couldn't do live performances anymore because you can't miss a class in grad school and unless you're dead and then maybe you can miss one. But uh, so I, I needed another creative outlet. So I started looking around and I actually uh, this was uh, back when Newgrounds was still a thing that people checked with any regularness i started recognizing this one particular voice who he's now my friend edwin tiang oh i I know of him yes (laughs) (laughs) and so he actually on his bio had a link to a website and then on that he had a link to i believe it was um voice acting club um, it was a, a bulletin board system thing with um, just amateur voice acting. And so I started checking that out, started trying some things just for funsies. And there's some good projects in there. There's also some high schoolers just wanting to redub uh, anime. But <laughs> if you pick through, there's some fun little passion projects. And I started trying things out and kind of networking despite myself. And that... <laughs> Uh, it's where I started meeting people. And from there, I started learning about AGS, which is Adventure Game Studio, which is its own little thing. It's a game making engine who had their own little forums that I could check out. And that's kind of how I met people. And that is how I got in the group that auditioned for Dust. Very nice. Awesome. Yeah, qu- quickly switching gears back over to Edwin. I'm familiar with his work doing overwatch uh, dubs of comic strips based on them mm-hmm. and yeah. when i heard your voice and you mentioned him i was like wait a second and nope you were not the moira i was not the moira no yep. that was elsie lovelock she is so freaking talented oh my goodness she's also-, also a singer and- but you would have made a good moira well thank you <laughs> Now, I also noticed here that you also did some training with Jennifer Hale, who most video game people would know is is another famous voiceover actress in video games. Yeah, uh, Professor Professor Shepard. No, (laughs) Commander (laughs) Shepard. And also she was in Knights of the Old Republic uh, and pretty much anything you can name. The most recent Ratchet and Clank. She is Rivet. Yeah, and actually that class is how I... uh, started checking out Borderlands 2 because we all had to bring in a monologue and several people brought in something from Handsome Jack and I was just like what what is this writing this is this is freaking hilarious (laughs) so that was a new game for me to play Mm. so out of all the games you played and all the games that you voiced which one was probably one of your favorite roles well they all have different uh, I can't. You can't pick your favorite baby. I mean, that's a good answer. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> I mean, Aaron, more fight was any, fun. Oh, go ahead. I was about to say, anyone who's ever done anything creative will say, "Yeah, there is no favorites." 
They're all your puppies. Yeah. I mean, some things are fun. Some things are challenging. Some things are, I guess I say, even though it was small, dust was fun just because of the community with it. Everybody kind of got to know each other through the amateur community first. And even uh, five years after, we all had a, there, there's a yearly gathering on the anniversary of when it comes out and people kind of play through it. The past couple of years, there's been uh, fundraising streams and I got to go out there to California for the five-year anniversary. And that was wicked fun. Mm-hmm. Wicked fun. Very cool. Now, you have your own studio, and based on uh, the readout on your resume, you have some nice-sounding equipment. How much of an investment was that? Um, Not as much as you might think. Things keep getting better and better while getting cheaper and cheaper. I think right now my most expensive thing is my microphone. But my interface, I have an SSL2 solid-state logic. It's a relatively new interface, and I believe believe it's like 220 which, but there's even stuff coming out from, uh, oh gosh, I'm dropping their name. But you can get good interfaces for $100. Like the entrance to join the community is, I mean, it's not negligible, but, you know, for $250, you can get a good mic and a good interface and go from there. That is very, very relieving to hear. <laughs> Well, what microphone do you have? You sound excellent. I've just got a, a cheap little, t- little toner mic. I think it cost me only like 40, 50 bucks. James, hey. James, yeah, James definitely has the talent that if he ever wanted to go into voice acting, he most definitely could. Uh, I, I, I need training. I would need actual training. I, I can't get by on just being a ham. I, I'm so much of a ham. You would not, sir. You, you would not want me present at William Shatner's birthday. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm not kosher. Gotcha. No, wait, wait. Shatner's not Jewish. No, Never mind. mind. <laughs> one of those. It was one of them. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about working with the team for Dust, since I'm part of a community that has a lot of fans of that game. In fact, my cartoon podcast co-host, Pembroke W. Corgi, has got a 10-part Let's Play of that game, representing something like five hours of gameplay. He loves that game. Oh, I, I, I almost wish he wasn't working today so he could be here too. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, I mean, dust was like catching lightning in a bottle. It's, it was a single developer slash artist slash coder. And I think the only thing that Dean brought in for outside help was, um, Alex Kane to help punch up the writing. And then, um, I think it's HyperDuck Studios to do the music and then Devin Mack to do the casting for the voices. And yeah, it was just uh, a lot of people's first experience in a professional game situation. And we all recorded it in our closets and in our bedrooms. And you can tell, I mean, even the the small parts in it, uh, they've gone on to do some amazing stuff. Like there's a... A merchant character and he's gone on to be the announcer for smash and uh joker in persona 5 oh wow oh yeah. nice kira buckland who is b2 in near autumn i can't say it <laughs> automata yes she's in it uh lizzie freeman as 
any number of stuff. It's was really a stepping stone for a lot of people in the LA scene right now. Excellent. Now, have you played any of the games that you have starred in? I have. And if I can't play them because I, I do own a Mac, which kind of limits my my gaming ability in some sense. Uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I watch Let's Plays if I can't actually play them. and Or I sneak into uh, dis- uh, not Discord, Twitch streams. Just kind of watch. Sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. How is it when you hear your voice coming out of these characters? Like, now after you've recorded and you're sitting there and you're watching a Let's Play or playing the game, and suddenly it's like, wait, that's my voice. Like, how does that feel? It's... It's neat sometimes if you feel like you could have done a better job. It's a little cringy. I've felt myself making the same facial expressions along with the dialogue at sometimes. Um, it's kind of acting it out physically. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the best way to get a good result out of, out of your voice if you're putting yourself in that moment as much as you can. No, I mean when I rehear it. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'll find myself, you know, scrunching up my face if it's a particularly face scrunchy scene. <laughs> it's it just uh, keys things off, I guess. But yeah, no, it's it's interesting. And then uh, you always wait to hear if there's any comments because that's that's one difference between doing games and doing on stage stuff is you don't get other than the director. Uh, you don't get feedback. You can't tell if people are enjoying it. You can't tell if things are hitting or you just have to go off your instinct and what the director tells you. And so being able to watch people play the game and see how they react to certain parts. There's one part in the uh, Blackwell epiphany that I don't want to give away, but there's a nice little twist that I always love to see people get to. Because there's never not a reaction to it. I'll have to remember that. <laughs> now you have. Now have you'll I... have to. Now you have to sit down and play it. But also, if I want to bring back in Edwin, um, very near the beginning of Unavowed, he comes in as a creature, and if you, I think, if you take too long or if you try to get too close to him, he just rips your face off and eats it. Oh, <laughs> and he is the biggest fan of seeing streams where that happens. Cause you don't expect it. Cause it's a point and click adventure game, but <laughs> that's great. Oh my God. And that actually leads me to a follow-up question on unavowed. Mm-hmm. You play four separate characters in that game. How tough is it differentiating them and coming up with new voices for each one and making sure you can get into that character's headspace individually um honestly it's easier for some other people than it is for me i i have some range but not the range of there's some people that you can't even tell it's the same person for me at least i work on like my body placement the placement of my voice within my range like i'm either talking down here and you can add some rasp to it you bring it up higher, just add an accent to it. It's um, there's some tricks you can do, and especially in a game that's as long as Unavowed, you also luck out in that these characters are far enough apart that uh, 
even if they sound kind of similar, they won't be like, wait a minute, they were just in that other scene. He'd be like, oh no, that was two hours ago. Yeah, not everybody can be Frank Welker. No, or Dee Bradley Baker. That's true too. So the other one we do want to talk about a little bit, because I know, James, James, you had some questions about it, was Wonders of the Universe. Oh, really? Yes. Specifically, I have a silly question about it. Yes? When, as playing uh, Lindsay Starshine, you assist a goldfish who happens to be a space cruise ship captain. Indeed. Do you have a goldfish you can method act with? I do not. I used to have a beta fish in college, but that's about as close as I am to uh, being having a fish companion. Okay. Who stares at my breasts. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that in the short clip I watched, and I was like, that's got to be a coincidence. And then I'm like, no. No. These things are never coincidences. No. No, he was very... Very, he was part Captain Kirk, part Captain Picard, I believe, was the, uh, the description you gave me. Yes. When you told me about the show, <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> so the voice of Picard and the libido of Kirk, perhaps. Indeed. That sounds about right. <laughs> so uh, tell me about the audition process. I imagine it's very different with every project. It is. Usually you'll get sides um uh, that the lines that they want you to read and usually i'm trying to think now sometimes it's a bit of dialogue between two characters where you just read one set of lines and pretend the other person's there sometimes they're just little lines by themselves to get a sense of how you'd characterize it um yeah uh, yeah (laughs) any audition particularly stand out as harrowing or difficult um sometimes you will get an audition and they'll say read three different characters or like x number of characters and then like we mentioned before you need to try to differentiate and make them make them your own but make them not all sound the same even because they can tell like, oh, she sounded like that on that one. Maybe this would cross over. You need to trust that they can do that themselves and not say, well, this person could sound the same as the other one. I'll just do it the same and mm-hmm. they'll just consider. Okay. So let's talk a little bit because this is actually one of my favorite games you've turned me on to. And every time I play it and I hear your voice, I'm like, it's Miranda. Uh, what was it like doing the voice acting for Lamplight City? That was that was really fun. Um, Francisco, uh, the developer of Grindislav Games, is a friend of mine. He may have had me in mind when writing some of it. So mm-hmm. uh, some of the little little quirky remarks may may have a little more truth to them than otherwise. <laughs> hmm. Funny enough, we recorded that in a booth that was set up in a warehouse that also had music practice rooms um it didn't really happen with me but there was at least one session somebody had where somebody in the next room was practicing their drum solo and they just could not it it bled through the wall and they just had to wait until this budding rocker 
uh, took a break to try to finish the session. Uh, you still got paid for the hours spent, right? Absolutely. Thank goodness. <laughs> Nothing but professional. Very good. That's a relief. Uh, and real quick, before I forget, since people are going to ask, no, we have not heard any news about a dust two. No, I'm waiting on that too. There's there's always rumors though. There's always rumors. That's that's how the video game business works. But so. I. I, I would fear for Dean's uh, health and safety if he tried to do that again. Uh, he actually believe uh, crunch time, which is never good in any studio, but is particularly not good if you're a one-man studio. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. Kind of coincided with uh, the birth of one of his children. So he oh, would... Oh, my goodness. So he would kind of go upstairs and hang out a little bit and then go downstairs into the basement and work, you know, 16, 18 hours and then come back up. And that's not good. I would not recommend that to anybody. No. no Get that guy not. to hire a team for the sequel. Mm. Mm. And how is his studio doing? Because this kind of was like their biggest hit. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I don't have any have any news about Humble Hearts. Uh, I'm sure he's got some. They he's come up with some other games. Um, I believe uh, Never Stop Sneaking. I think is one. It was kind of a. I'm just googling that right now. It's kind of a Metal Gear parody. Never stop. Oh my sneaking. god, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, he came out with it uh, 2017, it looks like. Nice. So yeah, he's he's still working. Good. It looks like it's also coming to the Switch. Ooh. Nice. Yeah, and again, um, I think um, Elsie Lovelock, who we mentioned previously, does the amazing Snake Eater style theme song for this. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. I believe it's real-time... Well, sneaking. Don't now know the if there's any boxes, though. There should be. Because um, that would just be cool. So another game I like to talk about, because I know its style and theme very much would be something that our mutual friend Dino would totally be playing with. And that's the Apotheon, where you play the lovely, beautiful goddess of love and beauty, Aphrodite. Oh, that's right, my dear. Yes. Yes. Yes, you do play that lovely lady. How does it feel playing a Greek goddess in that one? Um, well, absolutely no pressure. Uh, <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> it's also fun. I mean, they're, they're Greek, but everybody imagines, in at least in cultural portrayals, that Greek gods have sort of a transatlantic or British accent. I mean, maybe that's partially uh, Clash of the Hollywood. Titans to blame. Exactly. I blame you, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jason and the Argonauts. Mm. Oh, I think it even goes well before then. I think me and Dina watched a movie called 300 Spartans from like the 50s and they were doing it. So it was one of those like, seriously? Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was just so cool. The art style is just amazing. Yeah, it's very watching, unique. It, yeah. 
I was watching some of the strips, the your clips from it on on your webpage, and I'm like, oh my god, I want to play this game now. Why didn't I play this before? Oh, but yeah, I mean, it's just um, you just your whole scene that you do where you explain kind of to the hero, you know, what's going. Kind of one of the many clues of okay, this is what's going on. It's just listening to it's listening to that. It's it's just amazing to hear how that's different from Lamplight City and Wonders of the Universe and you know Dust. It's just listening to the way that you just with just the slightest accent, it's a whole new voice. Yeah, I've gotten to do some cool stuff. I had some awesome opportunities to try to try to stretch myself. And again, I have to thank Devin Mack, who's also casting for that game as well. He's a great like coach and mentor to a lot of people, um, like the ones I mentioned before. A lot of us still go to him for audition help. He works out of Toronto and Vancouver now. He does a lot of stuff there, and he's just... He's a helpful guy. He helps people. He's nurturing the next generation of voice actors. So are there any roles you wouldn't show to your parents that you've done? Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I think most specifically at the moment, um, what comes to mind is Honeycam Studio. <laughs> I had a feeling it would be that one. Yeah. And to be fair, while it's related to Honey Pop, it's not as... Uh, I. I didn't say anything explicit. I didn't, I mean, it's, it's a clicker game. So basically all I said was things like, you know, already when you are, is that all? But you are running a cam girl business and everything that that goes along with. So I have not brought that up personally. Yeah. We'll keep that one a little hidden. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they do. My parents are super, cute about my voice work whenever I show them stuff and I think my little victory was when I showed them the second episode of Wonders of the Universe where Lindsay shows up my parents they saw the first episode where I played a different character and that would be Nova Jones that would be Nova Jones and they were waiting for her to show up and they got to the end and they were just like where was Miranda I was like yeah yes didn't recognize me Nice. It was the ultimate stealth roll. Indeed. I would try it right now, but I usually need to be quite a bit warmed up and possibly have an energy drink to do that one. But <laughs> So the other game to talk about that you have done kind of recently is Hearthorn or Hearthorn. Hearthorn, yes. Hearthorn. Where actually if you click on the I just so everyone knows, if you actually click on the IMDB um page for it Miranda is the second voice listed as the stars so she has second billing on this one um, and you play April yeah it's a um, Vincent Laid is the developer he's does a lot of uh, indie first person horror games like kind of uh, not walking simulator but that type of thing and uh what it is in this game, you are a security guard at a high school over winter break. And I'm kind of your your dispatcher slash lifeline on the other end of the radio who 
talks to you and tells you to go down to the basement just for funsies, which kind of sets things off. But yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. That was I got to just be kind of snarky into the microphone randomly for a good while. And then, yeah, and I'm looking forward. I'm actually working with the developer again. He's got something coming out. I don't know when. I still need to record it, actually. He's got another longer game coming out, which okay. I get to be the protagonist this time. So, Oh, I've oh. been meaning to ask about that because a lot of these look like supporting roles and protagonist work is a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah, there's um, uh, Morphite. I was the protagonist in that. And that was that was a lot of dialogue. You have to, especially in games, you have to get used to talking to yourself about things you normally wouldn't say out loud mm-hmm. and that's going to be the case with this game coming up as well it's like oh well that's locked i need to go check the other door it's, which you i mean maybe you say that out loud i'm not going to judge but well sometimes you have to talk to yourself if you need an expert opinion hey oh that was a good one but, yeah. yeah especially uh yeah especially in games you gotta Sometimes you just gotta voice your thoughts. It's an inner dialogue. It's the inner monologue that is said out loud. That if we actually did in real life, most of our friends would look at us and be like, what is wrong with you? Or if you work at Spot Coffee, they'll join in. Um, yeah, we love you anyway. We do. Well, yeah, I imagine when you're voicing a protagonist, one of the hardest things to do are death screams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was I I will backtrack and I will say one of the most challenging things to audition for are uh battle and fighting games. Uh Oh, really? Yeah, yep. you got to grunt and you got to scream. You will frequently have lines and then at the end it will say give us two attacks, light and medium, give us two hits, uh or three light, medium, and hard, and then uh, give us a death cry. And those are always, I don't know. Um, maybe I just need to get more proficient at it, but those always make me feel a little silly. You know, we used to, I used to have an improv director who used to tell us, if you feel weird doing it, you're probably doing it right. Mm. Well, part of that is you just have to suck it up and give it your all, because however weird you think it sounds, if you go into it, uh, what what's the language filter on this broadcast? PG-13. If you go in with half your butt, it's going to sound awkward. Oh, oh, ass is fine. Okay. Yeah. We're allowed one swear word. Or one, okay. no, we're one allowed, super we're, serious swear word. One okay. super serious swear word. I we do not to... count ass as a super serious swear word because, nope. come on, it's also a donkey. That's fair. So, yeah. As the saying goes, don't don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Because, yeah, if you're not really going for it, it's going to feel awkward, it's going to sound awkward, and everyone's going to feel awkward listening to it. So Now, it looks like the other game that they have you as top billing for is Tales of Erevan Seasons of the Wolf, where they have you as the top voice as Rowinda. Oh, that uh, is incorrect, but... Thanks for checking. <laughs> IMD, um, you are dead to me. 
yeah, that is a. I believe it's kind of like a combination of a visual novel and a uh, almost like a JRPG, like turn-based fighting. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I'm I'm not even one of the romanceable characters. I play an old lady. Oh. <laughs> she should be romanceable, but she's not. Because that's just ageist. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's not cool. Yeah. But how is it working with that studio? Um, <laughs> I kind of, uh, well, it's not embarrassing to say, but um, it's, I, that was one of those cases where you turn in the audition lines and they go, that's great. We're going to plug them into the game. Here's your money. Oh. And you go, oh. they go, oh, thank you. Okay. That was quick. Yeah. That does happen every so often. Um, and it's always weird when it does but gratifying and also looks like you did the narrator for prism yes that was a short um animated film that somebody did that was also actually through Newgrounds, but i believe they released it elsewhere very cool yeah i'm gonna work yeah. on my narration chops now are there any roles that got away that you wish you'd managed to snag <sighs> let's see honestly it's a little hard because once you audition you kind of forget about things I mean there's always some that you're going to be like oh I wish I get that but yeah I mean you have to kind of get into the mindset if you send things off you forget about it and that's kind of the thing there's a little argument about whether or not uh, people should send out rejection emails yeah, I'm of the opinion, uh, unless for certain cases, uh, yeah, don't, usually you expect if you get an email that it's going to be news. Mm -hmm. And if you're getting something that you've already put off to the side, be like, oh, really? I, oh, okay. And I mean, there's always exceptions. Like I've gotten an email where it's like, oh, you were so close. You're in like the top 10 people, but we're going to consider you for extras. And you're like, okay, that's that's fine. But if it's just, there are a lot of people and we went with someone else. That That's just unnecessary work for the person who's doing the auditions. Yeah, just be able to send that back out and be like, hey, by the way, no. It's like, you didn't need to tell me that. Just... Yeah, and I know some people, and especially newer people, want that closure. Um, and I'm not going to lie, sometimes I'll check on a Twitter feed occasionally to see if they've announced the cast, just to see what it is. But yeah, don't you don't need to let us know we weren't cast. We figure that if we don't hear from you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you hear from them later than you expect, and it's a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. Trying to think, are there any other questions we've got, Chrissy? Um, not for me. I was just going to check on the Discord, see if anyone tossed out anything else to us. Oh, I do have one last one. If you were to custom design a role for yourself, what would it be? Ooh, not so much custom design, but I'm going to take this in a different direction. Okay. See, if I was going to join a franchise, what would it be? And I am down with Dragon Age. I would love okay. to be a part of that. 
I think that kind of big ass world building and narrate narration, no narrative that just seems so much fun. So yeah, anything with meaty, meaty story to it, I think. Speaking for myself, I'd love to hear your voice as the protagonist in a Metroidvania. Oh, her as Samus? That would actually be really cool. Uh, We did have one silly question, but we'll wait. Go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, there is... uh, Funny you mentioned that. I'm not the protagonist, but there might be something I'm working on that I can't talk about that might have something to do with that genre. Lovely. Let us know when you can talk about it and we'll have you back. (laughs) <laughs> will do so, all right silly um, question silly question uh from kendra kirai from um pemmy's discord wants to know what is it like being a muddy and that's from your when you played dust when you were in dust a muddy a bunny oh a bunny i'm sorry i cannot enunciate today I very much enjoyed my time as optional side quest bunny girlfriend. <laughs> it was very fun. And I think I was more thrilled that the character was like 18 and I was like, not. <laughs> that is flattering in its own weird way. It is. It's funny because I auditioned for two characters at the same time and one was like in her 30s and the other was like 18. And I was like, oh, well, this should be. And then I got cast the other one. And I was like, ha ha. Voice knows no age. Oh, yeah. Going back to Frank Welker, he's been voicing the same teenager for about 50 years now. So <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Good on you, Frank. Yeah. Keep it up. And- I think we're going to leave the interview there. We're going to quickly turn our attention to this day in gaming history. In 1996 was the Japanese release of the original arcade version of the cult favorite shooter, Twinkle Star Sprites. A game I don't think anybody here has played yet. Or heard of. Till now. I do know conceptually it's kind of neat in that, you know how in some puzzle games, if you score a big move you send a bunch of trash over to your opponent's side yeah twinkle star sprites applies that concept to a shooter okay i'm gonna have to check this one out now yeah yeah it's a neo geo game you can find it pretty easily on on the uh arcade archive series on just about any platform interesting cool and I think we should leave it at that. Miranda, thank you so much for joining us and for bearing with the technical difficulties. We it's just have right. one last thing to do. Miranda, in case any of our audience wants to follow you, uh, hear more about your work, see what you're up to, where can they find you? Um, I should tweet more, but I am on Twitter at uh, Tempest Tossed. And I am on Instagram at Miranda Govin. And she also has your own professional website, too. Mm-hmm. I, I also have a website, yes. <laughs> and coincidentally, your uh, your character, Lindsay Starshine, has her own official Twitter as well. I imagine not handled by you. Not handled by me. Handled by the writers. Naturally. <laughs> oh, yes, this has been an absolute joy. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Oh, yeah. And on behalf of Miranda and, of course, Chrissy Harding, I'm James Irish for Gaming Studio Regulars. Game on. Bye, everyone.